have a big announcement. Yeah, major announcement for the show. Wow. Yeah. It's officially I'm ready. scoreboard watching season. <laughs> <laughs> it's Jays were off last night. Yeah. And I was just, my whole night was ruined seeing that Seattle and Houston were just drubbing <laughs> their opponents. And I know that a lot of you out there going, it's always been scoreboard watching season, JD. <laughs> We've been watching the scoreboards for a long time now, man. You were too early. <laughs> yeah. You were too early. It was scoreboard watching preseason that's at that when, point. That's when it was cute. <laughs> yeah. Now it's August 22nd. Mm-hmm. It's the second last week of August. The X is in town. People are going to the X. Yeah. As soon as you see the X, you know it's like, oh, no. No, not as soon. I told you. I already saw it. I saw it around the corner. I went, summer's not over. Let's not start panicking about summer. But I have noticed... I'm wearing shirts and jackets into work Mm, every morning now. That's true. And yesterday with the Blue Jays off and scoreboard watching, it felt intense. felt like we are here. We have officially arrived at serious scoreboard watching season where you gotta, you gotta Mm -hmm. be paying attention to what the other teams do. You can't just watch Blue Jays games anymore. That's why it's scoreboard watching season. It's not just, oh, I noticed the Mariners were hot. Oh, that's kind of cute. Mariners won eight in a row? Cute. No. No more. No more. No more. They're a game ahead now. Now it's fully hating those yeah, teams. I hate the Mariners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Always hated Julio Rodriguez. Correct. <laughs> Julio Rodriguez went from being the coolest guy in baseball yeah. to the guy I hate the most. Yeah. <laughs> Last night. Last night. Just immediately switched over. August 21st. They were like, did you know Julio Rodriguez had a lot of hats? Like, did you know Julio Rodriguez had a lot of hats? It's just eight games yeah. or whatever. It's, it's just a hot Shut streak. Up. His OPS is a million in the last week. Shut up about it. <laughs> Shut up about all the other teams. They're idiots. Ugh, gross. So, yeah, it's scoreboard watching season. And the division, that, this is all done. This, this is not what this is about. It's about wild card time. And it's about the Jays kind of hopefully weirdly sitting in that three hole because that is the most advantageous spot, which is why the wild card is pretty stupid is you want to be the last place team in the wild card. They're not going to try to game it that way. No one's going to try to do it that way. You just want to be in. 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 If the Jays lose this series to Baltimore, they're either 500 so far in the month of August or below 500 in the month of August. No bueno. That says the Mariners are surging. The Astros are just... It's really, really hard to see the Astros falling out of the playoff mix, right? Mm-hmm. They get swept, and you go, maybe they're in a tailspin, and then all of a sudden they show up and play Boston and Just drop nine yes, runs immediately. Kick yeah. their teeth into the back of their throats. You got to be – you can't. the Jays aren't going to have one of these teams basically fall out and trip all over themselves, stumble, trip on their own feet – Puke on themselves, whatever analogy you want to use. I don't, I think the Jays, they, they got to win. They got to be dominant down the stretch. And everyone's looking at that little soft spot that's sitting there right after this Orioles series and going, well, you know, that's there. Yep. That is there. Jays still have a harder schedule than those other teams. Mm-hmm. And man, the Mariners are so hot that I think they're only two games back now of uh, the Rangers. Like that, that division is, a dogfight for the top. Yeah, they're because one and a half games back. 
in the division. One and a half games back of in the Texas, division. Yeah. Exactly. And I don't think I don't think the Rangers are falling out. Yeah, actually, the the Astros are one and a half games back, and then the Mariners are half a game behind them. Yeah. So it's a three-team dogfight. Yep. That's that's a spooky division. Oh yeah. Spooky. And then there's the Angels and the Athletics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> Boy, the Angels going yeah. for it at the deadline, eh? Yeah. And then just being the to, worst. Though. 11 they games back. No, of course they had to, but whew, That's the tough. thing about the Angels. And they're a joke. <laughs> <laughs> they made that stupid Disney movie, oh, and now they're God. cursed. <laughs> the Braves are doing the Angels in the outfield thing, eh? In the dugout what? when people hit homers and stuff. They're doing, like, that. the wings. I haven't noticed that. I don't know about that. The only, so, the so only you're not Braves the Angels, guy. I, I feel like you, you got to, yeah, anyway. I got to tell you, the only reason I pay attention to NL is... I'm I'm full, 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 full American League guy. So you're I, like back in the All Star games when like they'd get in fights yeah. and Pete Rose is breaking yeah. people's legs and no, stuff. No, no, I'm like the, I'm more like when guys show up from the NL in the All Star game. I'm like, <laughs> who? Who's this guy? <laughs> who's this young whippersnapper? And they're like, no, no, Ronald Acuna. Yeah. What? Yeah, who? you got to be big famous, Spencer Striker, for me who's to this? know who you are. That's or I went to an interleague game and saw your whole team. Right. That's yeah. it. Or you had like one big game against the Jays in a two-game interleague series. Correct. <laughs> Correct. I, you know, I do some, you know, I, I'll obviously, I like to lay a little bet, like to lay a little sprinkle. sprinkle, sure. So I'll do my Couple research units. ahead of some games, see who's hot and see what some of the trends are and what the numbers are. But yeah, overall, I'm not really paying too much attention to NL baseball. But man, uh, this Orioles series. Huge. Massive. Okay. Yeah, huge. So there, there's there's a couple components to this. One, I mentioned it, which is you don't want to have a losing record in late August in the month as the other teams are moving forward and you're fighting for a wild card spot. That's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. But I genuinely think that there is something to this team's psyche heading into that soft spot stretch and their ability to actually go deep in a playoff series with this run, right? If they play, if they lose the or sorry, if they beat the Orioles, it's like you gotta humanize to a certain degree the juggernaut in your division, mm-hmm. and you you're two and eight against them. Yeah. It's everybody's favorite yeah, stat for sure. Jay's two and eight against the Orioles, yeah. getting clobbered by the Orioles, can't hold up against the Orioles. Ryan Mountcastle. The scariest human being who ever played baseball showing up to play the Toronto Blue Jays again. And so you've got Kikuchi starting this series who has been your ace this since the All-Star break. Like just flat out has been your ace, has been the most important guy on your team. And you're starting him up against a pitcher that has an ERA that's close to six. You, you got to start this thing on the right foot tonight. You got to start taking games from the Orioles. Mm-hmm. Again, for your divisional life, but also for your mental health as a baseball team. Make sure that you take something from these guys, that you feel as though that you can actually beat these guys, that they're not just impossible. Because, man, could you imagine the Jays come out of this series and they're down? They, they, like, they get swept? Oof. Two and 11? Yeah. Or, or three and 10? Yeah. Yeah. Against a division rival, and then you want me to believe that they're going to go into the postseason and beat Baltimore? Nah, they 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 got to win this series, man. They got to win this series because of the wild card race, but they got to win this series because they just need to know that Baltimore is beatable. Yeah, God, I hate this, especially with the mental things that the Jays have already dealt with this I year, know, like the and runners in scoring position and everything. Listen, this is what this is what I think Bobuchet was talking about the other day when saying that the team needs to be fearless. 
He's trying to psych up his team. He's the face of this franchise. He's the leader of this team. He's trying to make sure that, hey, hitting runners in scoring position, don't be afraid of what the standings are, and let's not be afraid of how the hell did this happen in one year, the Big Bad Orioles. I'm very excited to talk to our next guest. Uh, legend, Hall of Famer, Chris Mad Dog Russo of Mad Dog Sports Radio, High Heat on MLB Network, and, of course, the famous first take. Good morning, sir. Good morning, J.D. How are you today, pal? Uh, good? Getting ready for Blue Jays Orioles. Here we go now. Big series for you guys. Yeah, this is a big series. And, you know, uh, I, I say this all the time, but Toronto isn't exactly New York. We're not the Yankees. We're not the Red Sox in terms of always being in it this time of year. And so sometimes I feel like we don't know how to act, even though more recently this, is, this has been a common occurrence. Like, people get sweaty. People get really nervous right now. But it's especially this way, Chris, because, man, t- people thought Toronto was going to be the team of the decade. People thought that this team was going to run the American League East for at least the next five years with Bo and Vladdy, and all of a sudden here come the Orioles with a younger team, a team that uh, actually hits in runner, with runners in scoring position, a team that's young, full of prospects. They're kind of what the Blue Jays are supposed to be. Are, are you surprised the Orioles blasted past the Jays in terms of that team of the future in the American League East and the team of the now so quickly? Well, I mean, listen, they got all these young players, and I didn't think all of them would hit. I mean, Henderson's excellent. You know, we know Rutschman's very good. More to come. They've gotten through with some starting pitching. Batista's, uh, you know, been the best reliever in the sport. Mm-hmm. You know, Cano for the first third of the year, first half of the year was excellent in the eighth inning. So, yeah, i got to be a little surprised about how good the Orioles are. Now, they were good last year, too, and they won 83 games, and they faded late, but, you know, they were on to come. So you figured – that they would make another little jump. I did not think they'd make this kind of jump. Well, they're the third-best team in baseball. I mean, Braves won, Dodgers two, Orioles three. I don't think there's any debate about that. They had the third-best team. Um, you know, Toronto is a team that, uh, you know, they're basically an 88- to a 92-win team. Uh, mm-hmm. You're right, they don't hit with runners in scoring position. I think Seattle's going to get the last spot, mm-hmm. and I don't think the Blue Jays are going to make the postseason. I think it's, you know, Baltimore-Tampa. Uh, you know, maybe Houston falls off, but probably not. Houston, Texas, Seattle, and then and the Twins. So, I mean, I think that they probably won't even get in. I mean, I think Seattle's too hot right now. Seattle's got an easy schedule. They got games with Oakland. They got two series with the A's. They got a series with Kansas City. They got the tiebreaker over over Toronto. Remember, there is no. There's no tiebreaker games if the wild card teams tie. They go by best record head to head. And then in this case, Seattle's got a better divisional record than the Blue Jays do, so they'd get the spot. So that throw that into the mix. Uh, and the Blue Jays and the uh, Ray, and the uh, Mariners right now, they believe. Plus they beat them last year two straight. So mm-hmm. I think Toronto's in some trouble. It's a good series ahead in Cincinnati. They showed you a little something, but every time every time you think the Blue Jays are about to get something going, they drop a series. You know whether it be the, the Cubs. Whoever that might be, every time you think the Blue Jays are going to take off and run, they fall off. And, and that would be concerning to me. There, a level of consistency just isn't there in all aspects of their game, even their bullpen. It, it, it's not, and Hicks hasn't been great. It's just not there. And that would concern me. I, I mean, I think they're going to win 88, 91, 92 games. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be right there the last week of this season. So from that standpoint, that's a successful year. But, I mean, I think that Seattle might get that last spot. And, you know, they need – this is not about beating the Orioles or winning games against the division. That's past. This right now for the Blue Jays is about going out there, and this is about winning enough games. I don't care who you're playing. And they do play Oakland, so that's an advantage. This is about winning enough games where you can get that last spot and then take your chances in postseason play. That's what this is about. This, well, let's prove ourselves against the Orioles. That's past. 
that that should not be a factor. Baltimore just beat them three out of four. That should not be a factor. This is about figuring out a way to match Seattle, who's going to kill the White Sox, who play Oakland and Kansas City next, Kansas City first, then the A's. So they're going to win a lot of games in the next 10, 12 days. And Seattle and the Blue Jays are going to have to match them as much as possible. That's, that's, just, what, that's what this is about. Yeah, that, and, and you bang on. The Mariner, everyone keeps bringing up the Blue Jays' soft spot in the schedule that's coming up here. Like I, You keep hearing that from everyone from media to fans, where they're going, yay, just get to that stretch, get to this stretch. You know who else? Yeah, you mentioned it. Who else plays the Royals? Who actually plays the Athletics more than the Blue Jays do? It's the Mariners, who are also 15-4 and four in August. Um, it's just getting harder and harder to see those guys fall off. Every night that you watch them, they're tearing the cover off the baseball. They've got a star that they're all falling in behind who's just taking off at the right time. Houston yep. is just this team that has the pedigree, who also added at the deadline, I, who also has the more advantageous schedule. Yeah, it's starting to get hairy for the Toronto Blue Jays here. And, you know, if you don't think they make the playoffs, right? And Let's just start with this premise. I mean, I, I think it's going to be close, but yeah, I'll sure. say no. How's that? Yeah, hey, listen. Yeah, it's going to be close. But the this whole Blue Jays season was predicated on, hey, they're going to go from wildcard uh, team or team that's hovering around wildcard spots to divisional champion, take their rightful place at the top, right? It was This was cute a couple of years ago for the Blue Jays when they were hovering around the wild card. It was okay to take a step. I know pro sports aren't always linear, but for this team and their timelines, even kind of like a larger conversation here is they weren't even supposed to be in this wild card race. They were supposed to be at the top fairly secure come this time of the year. We were supposed to be talking to vision, not can you beat the Mariners again? And so, yeah, to you... The Jays being, uh, it'll be eight years into Shapiro Atkins. They missed the playoffs. What happens for you in terms of the front office? Do you look at a regime change at that time? Uh, you know, I don't know enough about the, the ownership and everything else. I'd be shocked <laughs> if, they try, if, they, if, if something happened to Shapiro. I mean, obviously the GM's been there a while. I mean, they fired the manager last year. Schneider's done a pretty good job. They gave him a contract extension. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Toronto's going to do. But right now, it's not about the Blue Jays. If they're sitting there saying, well, you know, we shouldn't be in this situation. Well, that's the amount of money you are. Don't worry about it. We saw the Phillies last year playing a wild card round. They played up to game six of the World sure. Series. We saw the Padres playing a wild card round. They beat the Mets and they beat the, Pod- and they beat the Dodgers, uh, you know, the first two rounds. So I- I'm not that wrapped up. We saw Seattle. They had a chance to beat uh, Houston, especially in that first game. If they did, who knows? That series could have changed, too. So I am not that worked up about, you know, it's about getting into the postseason, especially in baseball. This is not the NBA mm-hmm. where, you know, the eighth seed's never going to win. Down, you know, uh, or you know, unless you are one of the top three, if we got no chance, uh, it's only four or five teams can win a championship in the NBA anyway. That's the way the league is structured. The best players win; they don't even have to have home court. Baseball, it's different. It's a crapshoot postseason. Uh, you know, anybody can win. I've seen the, I've seen the 80, uh, 73 Mets go to a Game Seven of a World Series. They won 82 games. I saw the 06 Cardinals win the whole thing. They won 84, 85, 83 games. Anything can happen. Get into the postseason is your number one goal. Now, if you don't get in, then you can lament how the hell we were in this position where we didn't have a chance to win a division. If you do get in and lose in a wild card round, then you could say, well, we shouldn't even been in a wild card round. We should have won a division. But get into the playoffs. Who knows? You might win three rounds. They're certainly capable. Gaussman at the top of that rotation, they can hit. I mean, you know, it doesn't take a lot to get a team hot. Uh, we know they're capable. Springer's won a world's championship. We love Bichette. Guerrero can get hot. So I, I wouldn't worry right now about the big picture of how come we haven't made that jump to win in the American League East. I would not concern myself with that. Right now, 
If I was a Blue Jay fan, the only thing I'd be worried about is winning enough games to hold off Seattle. They're basically a game back, where they, even in a loss column. It's right there. They're right there with them. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't pay any attention to anybody else except Seattle. That's all I would care about. And maybe a little Red Sox, who only trailed by three games, who they've mm-hmm. had trouble with the last series notwithstanding. So that is what, if I was a Blue Jay fan, that is what I'd be most concerned about at the moment. I, I know the Red Sox just ripped off uh, seven wins. Um I in their last ten, uh, I I just don't see him as one of those teams. Like I, I, agree. I, yeah, I, don't see, I, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, I just I don't think that they're consistent enough. And I, I do view this as a three horse race now between Houston, Seattle, and Toronto. And yeah, Houston losing that series. I to, also put Texas in there. Yeah, you think that they you know, can Texas slip? does not have a lot of pedigree of winning, despite Bochi. They've lost five in a row. Mm-hmm. They've only a couple of games up on Houston. They have six games with Seattle. They have to. They have another series with the Astros. You have to put the Rangers in that mix, too. So you want to be fair about it, four and a two. Mm-hmm. That, uh, but the God. only disadvantage is, is Seattle, Houston, and Texas have two avenues to make the playoffs, yep. and the Blue Jays only have one, yeah. which is the wild card. Yeah, and, man, it's just it, you're right about getting in because this pitching staff has been so phenomenal, and now the bullpen is built pretty solidly. Like, I know you mentioned Hicks, but, hey, at least they have a fireballer coming out of the bullpen, which they haven't had in years past. Like, yeah, they missed bats. Yeah, like, it's just the Jays now have three to four starters, depending on how you feel about Bassett come postseason time. And hell, what Ryu has been doing since he came back, they've got starting pitching in abundance. And yeah, you get into the postseason, you get a stretch like that. Of course, the Jays could win. Of course, of course, of course, of course, that's what people are focused on. But yeah, I think that this, this Baltimore series does make things... You do start to focus on that divisional picture just a little bit more because they become your bully. Like the Jays are two and eight against Baltimore, Chris. Like two and eight, two and eight against the team that was. Yeah, it's been awful. And I want to just quickly touch on this. Does the ownership stuff in Baltimore bother you about this team? Like, does it sap any of the joy that that you have around watching the Orioles? Did you you see the quotes from Angelos? I mean, if I was an Orioles fan. You know, I, I read the story in today's New York Times. Mm-hmm. Tyler Kepner wrote it about how Angelos is trying to, well, wants to build Baltimore a la Atlanta, where Oof. he gets a piece of the pie. And the whole thing with Kevin Brown, the announcer, was a yep. disgrace. The Angelos family has not proven uh, that they want to win on a day-in, day-out basis. Today he was moaning and groaning about being a small market team. Yep. Uh, you know, listen, uh, the bottom line is uh, the Orioles down the road are going to have some problems because they got too many young players. I mean, they got too many guys. They got four or five guys who they're going to eventually have to pay. And we, you know, they're going to have to pay the pitcher. They're going to have to play the catcher. They're going to have to pay Henderson. They're going to have to play Holiday eventually, who's going to be great. I mean, they got too many guys they're going to have to take care of, and we'll see if they can financially take care of that. They got the 28th um, smallest payroll in the sport. It's only $70 million. Uh, Yes, I would be. Angelo's bought the team after they moved into Camden Yards. He doesn't even get credit for that. If I was an Oriole fan, I'd be very worried about the owner. Very yeah. worried. Um, and that, that ownership group, um, I would be concerned there. But, again, they got a very, very good farm system. Elias has done a good job. The manager's good. And, you know, they're going to have a chance now because they're going to win the division. They're going to get a bye. Uh, they're going to get home field. They're, they're going to have a shot, the Orioles. They have a good chance to get out of the American League. They really do. If you told me the Orioles were in the World Series, I would not be surprised. Now, they don't have no. great pitching. Uh, which, you know, they don't have a guy that's, you know, and Hyde's going to go to that bullpen constantly, which is going to hurt him because the more guys you bring in there, the more of a chance they're going to find the one guy who doesn't have it. 
And that's what these managers do in postseason play. They get themselves in trouble by taking these pitchers out way too soon. And then as a result of that, they find themselves at the short end. Um, uh, they don't stick with the hot hand, but and he's a he could be guilty of that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you tell me right now the Orioles are going to the World Series, I would not be shocked. Yeah, I mean, I would not be. If you tell me Baltimore, Atlanta, Baltimore Dodgers, I would not be surprised. It just it I really wouldn't. It feels like Angelos is taking a page out of the Elon Musk book of hey. Uh, if I say a lot of controversial things and piss a lot of people off constantly, it'll get more attention for Twitter. Except for Angelo's own Twitter. It's a baseball team that he's supposed to make people love. And so when I read this this morning, for those of you that didn't hear it, he said, quote, the hardest thing to do in sports is to be a small market team in baseball and be competitive because everything is stacked against you. Everything. We're yeah, going to have to raise to prices that. here uh, dramatically. You're a fan, in the late August, when you got 74 wins, I know. do you want to read that right no. now? No. I mean, that's just... It's very poor timing. I mean, everything is going good. And then if you're an Oreo fan, you're hearing about the fact that we can't keep our players and we're a small market team. You want to say that in the middle of January? That's Uh, one thing. But now is a little strange. That's a good point. It's so weird. It's the weirdest thing. I I don't understand what the motivation here is for him to sit down and talk about this stuff. Like, to say we're going to have to raise prices here, and then he adds dramatically. Like, he has to go over the top with it. And then he's talking about how people don't understand the economics of baseball. He's going on. It's just like, again, your team is sitting there in pole position. Right now is not the time. Right now is not the time. You just had your crowd, your home crowd, cheering for the broadcaster that you suspended. You had this horrifically negative cycle. You're just starting to turn out of it. You know, Kevin Brown is back. He releases his hostage tape, essentially, where he's like, everything was fine. I'm so happy here, and we have a great relationship. Yeah, I don't, nobody took that seriously. No, of course I, I, not. It was not. He was in a tough spot. Yeah, nobody no, of course seriously. he was in a tough spot. Like, I don't blame him for it. I'm just saying it was a really, really negative cycle for Baltimore. And, you know, people used to look at the Rays, and, and I don't know if you felt this way, but people, like, I know people who used to root against them because they would go, this Moneyball thing is annoying. Them always churning out players and having a different roster and trying to pinch pennies and win with ways that are not conducive to people falling in love with baseball. I wonder if you think Baltimore is going to kind of inherit that title just given that, yeah, everybody hates this owner and who could possibly want this guy to succeed? Who could possibly want this guy to be holding up the commissioner's trophy at the end of the season going, yes, I, uh, yeah, I did it. I don't think people are going to get that wrapped up. You don't that. think so? I mean, I understand your point. I think if they get to that point, they'd be delighted. Uh, they'll overlook. I mean, sure, you want an owner you like, but I, I don't think it's yeah, – if Baltimore is, so, uh, if Baltimore is uh, so successful that they're holding up with Manford in the clubhouse after they beat you know, the Dodgers in seven games, I don't think anybody's going to have a major problem with Angelos there. Uh, but I agree with the overall tenant. This, today is not the day for him to go expound on being a small market when he's got – 74 75 wins. Today is not the day. Uh, you know, it sounds like he's going to get this uh, uh, deal done with the state, with the governor, the mm-hmm. private and public ownership of the ballpark. It seems like that's going to happen. But he's tough to root for. Uh, I agree. Oh. But the team isn't. A lot of young players. It's a great ballpark. They haven't been good for a while. They've got great history. So the team isn't, but he is, is what it comes down to. Yeah. 
I, I honestly thought it was an article by The Onion when my producer sent it to me. I was like, there's no way that this is real right now, today. It has to be fake. And then reading it, I was like, yeah, this guy, self-sabotage. It's, it's almost like, yeah, he shorted his own stock for his baseball team, and he's just he's livid that they're winning these baseball games that he hates the fans. I don't know what the hell his, his angle is here or if he's just that oblivious. He's trapped in his own echo chamber. He's got... To, uh, bad people around him, whatever it is, uh, he's doing everything wrong. So here, and it's starting to pop up a little bit around baseball. Like uh, I was talking about this with my friend John Morosi yesterday. Is like Vlad Jr. has gone from a Toronto-centric story to a story of, yeah, all of Major League Baseball wondering what was happening to a guy that we thought was going to be arguably the face of baseball. Like I remember a couple of years ago making the case that given that he was in this division and given that you were going to see him in major markets constantly against the Yankees, the Red Sox, and being a killer of those teams, being his pedigree, the home runs, the style, the swagger, that maybe he would be a face of baseball I, when, whenever we do that face of baseball conversation. And now you look at the entire body of work and it shows you a good player, but not an elite player outside of the MVP caliber season. I, I'm curious, maybe not so much about your thoughts on Vlad. I mean, if you've got some, you can share them. But when do you start to get concerned about a guy who is a young phenom who's shown the degree of skill that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has, but then it starts to stack up year over year of Hey, yeah, this, I mean, this you got to be a little worried enough. about it. Yeah. I think you hit it right in the head. He's, he's probably not going to be as good as we originally thought. You know, 18 homers, 72 RBIs in that ballpark with a 265 batting average is not exactly what you're looking for. Uh, you thought he'd be, you know, basically, you know, in that conversation as one of the top three, four players in the, in the American League, and he's not in that conversation. Uh, and he's not the best player on his team. Bichette is. And I think that that is a little surprising. I completely agree. Now, I mean, that doesn't mean he's not a good player. He's a good player. He just may not be a, a, he may not be a as good as his father, and uh, who's a Hall of Famer. And he may not be a great player. And you know, maybe in a lot of ways that helps Toronto because then you can sign him long term, uh, where it doesn't cost you six hundred million dollars. So maybe there's a uh, there's a positive to that. But because uh, you know, I don't think they can sign both of them with Bichette. Um, I know he's signed for the next couple of years, but eventually he's going to be a free agent. Uh, so, I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you about Guerrero. I don't see him every day. He seems to be a little streaky. He's fearless. He's got great presence at the plate, but I think you're probably right. I don't think he's going to be quite as good as I think we all thought a couple of years ago. Now, he's young. He's not like he's 40 years old. Was he 25 years old? you got to give him a little chance. He's 24. Uh, they're 24. Yeah. I mean, you know, so it's not like this kid is, you know, he's 28. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, he's still a good investment, but there are signs that indicate what you're saying is right, that he may not be as great as we thought. So I do agree with you on that. There may be signs that that's the case. Do you remember a player like right. him, though? Like, again, you're a historian of this game. Do you remember ever seeing a guy that was just, you know, had this level of pedigree, this level of star power? who you thought, you know, because, again, if I would have told you, hey, you, you get to buy Vladimir yeah, I think Bobby Bond, I thought Bobby Bonds kind of disappointed a little bit. There's yeah. a guy that we thought would be great in the footsteps of Mays. I, maybe Bobby mm-hmm. Mercer, footsteps of Mantle. Uh, you know, the Yankees having their next star, maybe you thought that. Mm. Uh, you know, I think everybody thought that Dan Dreesen was going to be a great first baseman for the Reds after they let Perez go. That didn't quite work out either. I mean, there were, you know, Doc Gooden wasn't as good as we thought he was going to be when he, after his first two years, you know, that that was, uh, you know, off the field had something to do with that. But, I mean, you know, there are plenty of players that are, you know, that get off to a resounding start in their career, and you think they're going to be, you know, sure, no doubt about Hall of Famers, and they turn out to be, 
you know, either, I don't want to say flops, because those guys aren't flops, but they either become, you know, uh, they go from great to good, or they become a little disappointing. And I think it's a little too early to make that point about Guerrero, but I get your point if you're Mm -hmm. a Blue Jay fan. You'd like to see better than 1872 and 265. I mean, the Blue Jays are not going to defend them. The Blue Jays are going to... You know, say things about him, but you don't pay attention to what a team team's got to protect the player. This is what you and I think, the fans think, and there's no other way around it. He's been a disappointing. I mean, that's all there is to it. He's not as good as we thought he was. He's dangerous, and, you know, he's one of those guys that when he gets on a chair, he says, oh, my God, you can't get the guy out, but he's not as good as we thought he was. Okay, and he made a good play last week in the pop fly, yeah, but he's fun. not as good as we th- I was smart, yeah. but he's not as good as we thought he was. Um, not as good. You know what else has been disappointing is being, well, having some of the highest payrolls in all of baseball and being eight games under 500 and four games under 500. What's the state of New York baseball to you right now? Well, I mean, uh, I, I think the Met fan is, uh, is willing to give Cohen uh, a lot of leeway, the owner, hmm. uh, because of the fact that uh, they were good last year. They won 101 games. Uh, he spent a lot of money. He's got more money than God. He, so I, yeah. I think uh, he's trying to win. I think the Met fan, although I think there's a little surprise they traded Verlander. Scherzer was not beloved in New York. I mean, he didn't pitch great here. Um, terrible last year, late in the year. He got booed off the mound with San Diego. So I don't think it's Scherzer so much. I think they're a little surprised they traded Verlander. At least I was. But I think the Met fan is, you know, somewhat understandable. They're going to give Cohen a break. Mm-hmm. New owner. Um, you know, from New York, going to give him a break. The Yankees are the team right now that's under the gun. Um, Cashman's been there for 25 years. Uh, nobody's going to say that he's not a good GM. He's been a very good GM, but he's been there for 25 years. Paul Brown did not run the Cleveland Browns for 25 years. Lombardi left Green Bay. He didn't, he didn't stay. Blanche Rickey wasn't there 25 years. The idea that Brian Cashman is the general manager of the New York Yankees for a quarter of a century. George Weiss was only there 15 years, and he won every year. That has been, you know, I think that is what's coming back to hurt the Yankees a little bit right now. It's been 13 years since they've been in the World Series, won a pennant, and he's been there for 25 years. Boone is sort of baggage. Um, you know, I think they look more at Cashman than they look at Boone. I think they realize that the Yankee team right now is just not good enough, so you can't blame the manager. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'd be. I don't think Boone is beloved, but I don't think you blame the manager. I think the crosshairs now is is Cashman, and I think he's going to stay because I think Steinbrenner loves him. It'd be interesting to see, and the Yankees are out of it and finished. Uh, and they're going to be a last-place team. It will be interesting to see, most likely, it will be interesting to see if they throw one of the alligators to play, placate their fan base who averages 45000 a game going to the ballpark. Mm-hmm. It would be interesting to, th- to see if they throw one. I don't think he's going to throw Cashman overboard, but do they throw Boone overboard hoping that that satisfies the masses? I don't know that. I don't think anybody does. I think Boone is the guy that would be a little in a tenuous spot only because of the ownership, uh, uh, you know, beloved tie with the GM, which I understand to a degree. But, I mean, the guy's been there for 25 years. Nobody's there 25 years. I mean, that's ridiculous to have a GM there 25 years running the ball. It's just way too long. So we'll see, and it sounds like it's going to continue. So Boone is the question with the Yankees, but everybody's disappointed. Everybody's well, disappointed. Yeah, I, I like your point about the Mets is that, hey, there's at least a grace period here. And how mad can you be when the owner was willing to fork out, you know, $350 million for the baseball team this year? Like, you can't really fault the guy for a lack of trying. And most people looked at the Mets and thought, okay, 
Um, I, I got to think if Shohei decides that he's going to go to the East Coast and he's not just going to... Which he won't. I'd yeah, be shocked. Yeah, but same. It just, but I was going to say that at least you feel as though this guy is going to continuously pump money into the baseball yep. team and that yep. this wasn't just a one-and-done kind of thing. The Yankees are the weirder one for a lot of the reasons that you mentioned, but also the, the roster is old and aging, and you don't really see the path for marketable improvement. They've also had some moves where it's felt like a little stingy. Even the judge contract, the way that it ended up playing out, he got paid, he stayed as a Yankee, but it got pretty ugly at certain points, right? Like judge started even going to the media and, and talking about, yeah, the way the negotiation was going, the way that the fan base was going. And I, I just want, you're, you mentioned the attendance there and how, hey, everybody still shows up at Yankees games. It's obviously going to still be probably, I guess, the biggest fan base in all of baseball for a very, very long time. But do you start to worry at all that, yeah, the, that little bit of fan apathy starts to set in, that, that you start to lose something yeah. in a sport where, yeah, well, we've apathy, got a very... Yeah, apathy is worse than anger. Yeah. Uh, once a team has apathy, once the fan base doesn't care anymore, that's when an owner really gets an... You know, he doesn't mind uh, the passion of anger. I mean, that shows you that they care, so that doesn't bother him as much. When, it's, when they're apathetic, ah, who cares what the Yankees do? That's when they get scared. Um, listen, you can't kill Hal for spending the money. He got judge signed. Uh, that's the bottom line there. They also signed Rondon. They gave him $162 million on the heels of Judge. Boy. So from that standpoint, you, you can't kill the owner from that perspective. I mean, I didn't kill. I thought the right move was LeMahieu. He's turned out that's been a bad contract. Yeah. I thought Rizzo was the proper move. I would have done the same thing. So I can't kill Cashman and everything. Now, I wouldn't have brought in Donaldson. Uh, I wouldn't have signed Hicks. Uh, I would never, ever have touched Stanton. Always hurt. They didn't need a $27 million player. Uh, after the 17th season. So there are certain things I wouldn't have done, but I can't blame him on everything, um, you know, uh, because those two guys. Now, I wouldn't have signed Rendon either because he had the injury history. But, you know, some that he did I didn't like, and some that he did I would have done the same thing. So uh, my issue with Cashman is the length. I mean, to have the one guy run your organization for 25 years and then not go to a win a pennant since 2009, and it's now 2024, if you look at next year, that's a long time. And I don't want to hear about the fact they're good every year. Bottom line is the Yankees should be good every year. they got a $300 million payroll. I mean, the idea that we've got to give cash for credit because outside of this year they're consistently good, well, geez, you give me a $300 million payroll every year, if I can't figure out a way to get into an expanded postseason, yeah. I need to be fired. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, come on. He's got a $300 million payroll. I mean, Tampa's got a $70 million payroll, and they make the postseason every year. So what's that tell you about Tampa? Uh, if Tampa can do it at $70 million, how come Cashman can't do it at $300 million? And Tampa's been more successful than the Yankees have been in the last four or five years. First off, they beat the Yankees head-to-head in the postseason, and they've gone further. So they're going to make the playoffs this year. The Yankees lost a wild-card series uh, game two years ago. So from that standpoint, Tampa's been more successful than the Yankees have been. But he's going to stay. He's not going anywhere. And, you know, uh, I, I, uh, nobody's telling you that Cashman's not a very good GM. The argument to me, well, there are Yankee fans who are telling you that, but I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go with the length. He's been there too long. Mm-hmm. They need to mix it up, but they're not going to do it. And so that means Boone, do they throw him overboard to, you know, uh, to satisfy the piranhas? I mm-hmm. mean, I'm not sure. I mean, Cashman and Boone are, uh, are bound at the hip. It wouldn't be fair to fire Boone and keep Cashman, mm-hmm. but that very well could happen. He's been there a long time. You know, remember one thing about Boone, to be fair. Boone did not earn the Yankee managerial job. Boone was a broadcaster. He was in the ESPN booth. 
This is not a guy who worked the main leagues. This is not a guy who, you know, was a third-base coach or a bench coach for another organization. Uh, they fired Girardi off being in the ALCS, for crying out loud, and losing a series to Houston. And that wasn't fair to bring Boone in, who's never played a game seven in the ALCS. And Girardi did that and won a world championship. So you can't feel sorry for Boone because you can make an argument it's a job that he didn't deserve to begin with. So you can't feel sorry for him. But to say it's his fault this year, that's not fair either. Because it isn't. One more question, New York, related to you. Are the Jets getting too much hype? Uh, you know, they probably are, but that is understandable. Uh, you know, they brought a quarterback in. They haven't been good for 10 years. They got a very good defense. Rodgers is a Hall of Famer. They haven't had a quarterback in a while. He's done and said all the right things. Uh, so they probably are setting themselves up for a little disappointment from the Jet fan perspective, but I can't blame them. I mean, what, the Jets aren't going to make the playoffs? with Rodgers and Garrett Wilson and the running backs and a very good defense. Now, listen, their offensive line is a little spotty, but if unless Rodgers is shot, and, you know, we Wilson with Denver, we've seen these quarterbacks going these new places, and it can be a little spotty. But if you think he's got something left, the Jets would be good. All I'm saying is as a fan of tortured franchises, uh, there's some there's some markings. There's some... Yeah, there's some indicators. And they got a tough schedule. Yeah. And they got a tough schedule. Hey, Especially Ma- early in the year. Hey, Matt, Dog, always a, a, pre- a pleasure to get to speak to you. Thanks so much for giving us the time You today. got it. Enjoyed it. Take Please care, man. Good work. Appreciate you having me on today. Hey, take care. Uh, there he goes. Chris Mad Dog Russo, Sirius XM, Mad Dog Sports Radio, High Heat on MLB Network, and First Take. Ran out of time because I did want to talk to him a little bit about First Take, so maybe next time. But, yeah, there's too much baseball. I was, couldn't get into the weeds. There's a lot going on. No, but here's the thing. He kind of answered my question about first take in getting to talk to him, right? Mm-hmm. Is I think that what makes a guy like that special and what makes a guy like Stephen A special is that people look at a lot of these shows and they go like, are you manufacturing these takes? Mm. Are you manufacturing outrage? And you talk to a guy like that who's just such a pro and you go, damn, you don't get to there faking it. Yeah. You don't just sustain that faking any of it. You yeah. can just hear that the passion is still Like, do you know how hard it is for this guy to be able to cover all of those sports and to know all those things? And I'm sure knowing that he was coming on and going to talk Blue Jays with me today, that he spends a little extra time, you know, checking in on some Blue Jays sure. statistics. Mm-hmm. But damn, that <laughs> yeah. is that is the the hardest thing about doing a job like this is when you're a generalist is being credible in all areas. Because it takes a tremendous amount of hours and research and reading and watching. You don't just get to watch the games anymore. You have to read. You have to... You, you got to do a lot. Mm-hmm. And for you to be at that level, yeah, I, I think that you've got to have that passion that's in you that sort of just doesn't go away. And that's why I think you can see it with other people that try to do those shows or try to emulate those kinds of, uh, let's say, sports celebrities. Mm-hmm. And they kind of fall on their ass. They fall short. Or it just it continues to not resonate or feel hollow. And so I get that people can kind of misconstrue some of that stuff and, and lump it in with that type of... Co- nah, that's an original. That's a, that's just heat. That is mm-hmm. pure <laughs> heat. Yes. I, so, so I love talking to guys like him, but it also makes me feel horrific because I'm like, <laughs> damn it, I'm never going to be able to do that. <laughs> I'm just never going to be able to hit that level. You just watch it and you go, 
This is probably what David Schneider feels like at BP. <laughs> He's watching Bo Bichette and Bo is just ripping hard contact over and over. And then they show David Schneider. They go, hey, you can't touch the high fastball. Pitchers are pitching you up and in. And you just have to go, yeah, I, I, I know. I can't. <laughs> and I can't. And I, I'm trying. I'm doing my best. I want to do a good job. I want to hit the high heat. But it's just they throw it really hard. <laughs> and the effort's there. I, sometimes I get a piece. Sometimes I like foul it off. Maybe I get one lucky. Maybe I can actually just hold off on swinging at it. But, yeah, overall, probably not just going to be able to spray that one all over the field, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, um, he's right, though. I... I Here's, here's what I disagree with. I think that the Angelos thing, people will actually care about more because he is such a villain and people love villains. This is the era of social media. People like to glom on to somebody you can hate. Yeah. Yeah. And this guy is as hateable as it gets. He's making it easy. Again, let me just read this quote. Let me read this quote. Quote, we're going to have to raise prices here dramatically. Why do you have that dramatically? Well, why, well, he's a, there's a he lot goes, of whys. He goes, continued, let's say we sat down and showed you the financials for the Orioles. You will quickly see that when people talk about giving this player $200 million, this player $150 million, we would ha- be so financially underwater that you'd have to raise the prices massively. Now, are people going to come and pay that? I don't know if we're at that limit, to your point. I don't know... If we're in equilibrium, elasticity, supply and demand, maybe we are, but that's the reality of this one team, end quote. So what gobbledygook? Also, if I was an Orioles fan, you know what I'd be saying to that? Hey, open up the books. Yeah. Yeah. Let's give us a show. Yeah. Give us a show, Angelos. Show us how destitute you are. Show us how broke you are, how you just can't sustain this, how you'll, quote, be underwater, Mr. Billionaire. The ownership thing, crying foul, is always something that's annoying. It happened a lot during the pandemic with a couple of these guys that that stood out in front of the media and were like, you don't know what it's like. (sighs) As they walk onto their private jet. No, but the thing is, too, with this, this, that you can just sell. You can sell. If you don't love it, Sell for sure. billions. Because, like, again, this is, like, the whole point. Uh, the whole point is to have good young players and be in a position where you then get to be good at the sport. Because that's the point. To sap the joy from that fan base immediately. And, again, and to like do I, this right now, after Kevin Brown. Yeah. yeah right why after are we Kevin doing Brown. it right So now? stupid. It's so yeah. incredibly stupid. So I like that, in some ways, the Orioles get to be even the villains. Maybe I'm trying to trump them up as the villains because I want to hate them more. <laughs> sure, right. And they went from kind of, hey, that team's pretty lovable and the cute. And I like those guys. Yeah. Don't you feel bad that they sold some guys the deadline last year yeah. when they could have pushed for it, that they sold Trey Mancini and I forget the reliever's name that went to Minnesota. But you went, oh, that's unfortunate. And now they're just badass. They're almost at yeah. 80 wins <laughs> yeah, <they're laughs> in <terrifying>. August. <laughs> And I keep hoping for that undercurrent of the weirdness of the owner to affect the, the club itself. Maybe it materializes here. Maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but he's probably right in the sense that it's it's not going to be one of those. If you're going to try to spin it as, is he bad for baseball or whatever, I just don't think that's going to happen until yeah, those guys right. actually end up being up for contract extensions. And yeah. if they win a couple World Series, no one's going to care. And 
some nerd will write a Fangraphs article being like, this is actually smart because this guy's mm -hmm. expected war at this point, you know, it's right. going to end up that way. Anyway, let's take a quick break. Let's come back. Ooh, Brandon Hagel, contract extension. Eight years? I don't know about that. How old is Hagel? Brandon Hagel? Yeah. 24, oh, okay. Oh, he's 24. He's all right. Six and a half? Mm. It's actually not too bad. Don't love that player, but it's not too bad. Anyways, quick break. Let's come back. Sportsnet 590, the fan. Poor owner, by the way. I went, I, I crushed Angelos. Today's mm -hmm. owner talk. <laughs> <laughs> but the Josh Harris? Yeah, the commander's guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so for those of you who didn't see, which is all of you, because you're not watching NFL preseason action. Come on, there was a 24-game winning streak on the line. The Baltimore thing is hilarious <laughs> where it's just, if you, if you actually had to compile the most unbreakable records, mm -hmm. the things that will just, they will never be seen again in your life. Ripken, games played. I would honestly say that there is a case for 24 straight preseason. Wins. Yeah. It's, it, a, it's it, an insane. It, it will stat. never, it will never, yeah. ever happen again. First of all, the preseason going down in games yeah. just means that you're going to have to accumulate more years of doing it. But no, it, it will never happen again. No. It is in, 24. It's is actually insane. It's it, at least like it's at least six years worth of. No, you're, you're never going to. You're never going to see it. You're never going to see it. If I was doing a draft, if we were going around and going, hey, what are the most unbreakable records in sports? I would have that one in the chamber ready to roll. Is it higher or lower than Gretzky points? Higher. Gretzky higher. points could 100% more likely to be passed than 24 straight <laughs> preseason pre wins. wins. I love that. Teams don't care, yeah, Joe Bo. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty much a toss. Teams don't care. There's week. fewer preseason games. Like, it's just, it's not, it, you will never see it again. I guarantee you. you. Any one of us alive in the future, you could be, hey, if there's any people who are pregnant right now, your children will never see it. <laughs> you will spend multiple generations. Remember where you were. It's never, ever, ever, ever going to happen. Ever. Even though the Gretzky one probably is yeah. also, also on that list. Anyway, <laughs> That's so. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, this owner goes, he's just talking to Joe Buck <laughs> and Troy Aikman, and he's standing in the booth, and he he sees Joe Buck. All, I will say Joe Buck kind of holds out his hand weird. The hand's extended out for a while, The hand's sure. kind of like, he's, he's just but talking. he's hand talking. Yeah. He's hand talking like a broadcaster, <laughs> and his hand is sort of out there in a semi-handshake it's it's in the gray area. Nah, it's, between it's, handshake I would never, and not. And the owner, what's his name? <laughs> Josh, Josh Harris. Josh Harris reaches out <laughs> and gives him a handshake. But the thing about the handshake too, though, is like, if you're gonna do that, you gotta you gotta Trump dog it. You gotta get that palm in. You got those palms. Yeah, have you to gotta connect. you gotta go with the Trump move of grab. You know, like fully. Yeah. He should have taken command. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. He should have taken command, and he, he should have grabbed. He gets an awful him. lot of fingers there. That's, and, a, that's an awful lot and of Joe Buck does, fingers. He does like this limp, handshake, cold <laughs> fish, handshake. This indecisive move. Oh. What's even funnier is right after he does it, he just like immediately puts his hand behind no, I know. his back he just, he like knows. he's embarrassed. I know, he knows. Aikman's on the side kind of laughing. Laughing. I know, Aikman <laughs> sees it. That, by the way, I was, I was just going to say, the hardest part about it, if when you rewatch it, 
It would be two things for me if I was doing it. I'd be like, why, I, why did I do that? Like what, what possible reason could I have had to do that? But you could kind of get seeing the hall of famer, <laughs> Troy Aikman <laughs> laugh at you. <laughs> It's just what's even funny. No, but here's the thing. There's there's no money in the world. There's no money in the world. This guy is one of the richest people on earth. Yeah. And he's just, just so embarrassed. Team. That's what I mean. And this is what sucks for him. This is where it's going. He just bought an NFL team. Mm -hmm. He's supposed to come in here and essentially be the savior, right? There was yeah. not a yeah. owner in sports. Less we we're talking about Angelos. Schneider, Schneider had been Angelos for number one with a bullet. No question. Yeah. So hated. Yeah. He ticked every single box. He had to sell his franchise for God's yep. sakes. <laughs> yeah. And here this guy is <laughs> stepping into this job, Mr. Popularity, the savior. And immediately he's just the handshake guy. <laughs> He accumulated billions of dollars. Do you know what, how he got his money? No. No. Do you handshake know that he guy. has bad handshakes? <laughs> this is the thing, too. When, when you go to the preseason and you're doing this stuff, you got to have people who will step in. If you, it, it's, like you, it's like if you have your G1 and you're not allowed to have a, a, even like a trace amount of alcohol in your breath or you lose your license, it should be the same way with television with anybody in the public eye. Mm -hmm. Like... Unless you're an offensive lineman, you know, like where you chug the beer and you look cool yeah, yeah, like yeah. David Bakhtiari yeah, 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 and then yeah. do the interview. Like, think about how these things go. Remember Alan Iverson, mm -hmm. Shania Twain, now this guy. Like, stop having drinks at games <laughs> and then agreeing to do the national football broadcast. You got to stop. We need to end this. We need we, we got to get better PR. Why are PR people stepping in to stop athletes from doing podcasts, mm. but they won't stop them from doing nationally televised broadcasts with multiple drinks? Anyways, quick break. Let's go to the podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave five stars of the podcast. Hit me up anytime at JD Bunkers on Twitter and Instagram. See you over in the pod. All right, podcast-only portion of the program. By the way, Serial Talk, red hot. I what was got, it? Oh, my God. I got so many messages about Serial. <laughs> I got so many. I actually had multiple people message me about uh, Captain Crunch, um, which I think is just whatever. It's, I think it's overrated. Yeah, Captain Crunch is whatever, but a lot of people were very much into Captain Crunch. I'm a child, so I love it. <laughs> yeah. But it's no listen. Captain Crunch is fine. I eat a bowl of it, but yeah, I think it's yeah. overrated. Like I don't but think it's, it's top not, tier. Yeah, it's not. It's mm. not in the top class. Like it's plus really, it does. I know this. I know this bit's been done yeah. now, but it does have the cut the roof of your mouth thing. And the other thing that I got a lot of messages. The other one I got a lot of messages about, and I feel worse because it really was a stock standard, also compromise ish cereal. That I I think if I had to say which cereal I ate the most of, and so I felt a little shamed, even though. I don't change my rankings, mm -hmm. but this was also off the top of the dome. So, I know, you know, but frosted mini wheats. Okay, I was about to say that. Uh, Me too. Yeah, I, I as soon as I got home, about frosted mini wheats. As soon as I got yeah. home, I was like, "Oh my god, my mom always had frosted." I know mini everybody. Too. Yeah, we were big frosted mini wheat family, more so than any other cereal. God. I would say, like, I had way more frosted mini wheats, and frosted mini wheats were always like, "Here's the original. Here's the maple. Here's the yeah. you know, brown, brown sugar." sugar is the other one. You know, they just they really did a good job of. Just switching it up just a touch, yeah. you know? Yeah. Giving everybody a little taste of what they liked, a little yeah. delight. I would actually, you know what? And frosted mini meats are good. I yeah, would crush a bowl of those right now. They, uh, <laughs> They're I, good. I know. And I remember too, the, the cool thing about frosted mini meats as well was they you could have a debate about microwave or not. Yeah. And microwave was good. 
I yeah, I mean, I was a cold guy, but I, yeah. I every now I was and then, a cold guy. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was cold a cold guy. I guess cold I think guy. I was a bit of a warm guy, a little, I, little bit of a hot boy. I, I started as a cold boy. <laughs> You're a hot boy. I started as a cold boy, <laughs> but then I moved and I became a hot boy. <laughs> I think my friend Shane convinced me one day that it was all about being a hot boy, and I don't think I ever looked back. I think that some of you out there are hot boys as well, and you know exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. Anyway, all right, let's move on. What else we got today? So Jonathan Taylor oh, yeah. has received permission from the Indianapolis Colts to request a trade. That's been a common story this summer as his relationship with the Colts has deteriorated. Obviously didn't get the long-term extension. What team makes the most sense for Taylor in your eyes? Yeah, I Is hate it... your question. Um... That was my question. <laughs> I, know. I hate that your question. That was my question. Uh, I hate your question. It's terrible um, because it's like, what team needs a star running back? Buffalo. Like, I mean, Buffalo would be a good one. Kansas City. Yeah, I just you could pick any. Essentially, yeah, here's the answer right. to you: is like pick a contender, and yeah. Jonathan Taylor would be awesome on them. That's why I hate your question, Joe. Uh, your question <laughs> rots. No, I'm just Same. teasing. I love. There's nothing better than roasting Joe because he has like five seconds of just being like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry," <laughs> and then it, it's like it's like your memento guy where you always forget that I'm teasing you for the first five seconds. No, I know. I just I say my fault all the time. It's a weird like no, no, thing no. that it's I your do. Your face. It's your, it's your face. It's your sad little face where it's you get face. so sad when I crush them. No, anyways, it's a good question. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think you could put them on any contender. Here's the problem. Uh, the answer to this, like the true conversation around this is simply they're not giving him permission to go seek a trade because they think he's going to get traded. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. This is embarrassing for him. They're embarrassing him. They're going to be like, no Dude. one's going to give up a first rounder for you. You try to get a first rounder and no one's going to give yeah, it up. Per and the so ESPN article, this, they're, your looking agent for, can, yeah, your they're looking for a first or multiple picks yeah. that will equal the value of a first. Nope. You know what this is? This is this is a, a guy in his 40s having a midlife crisis who think he has a couple of drinks and he's like, he goes to his wife. He's like, do you know the Hendersons have an open marriage? And I think that I think we should do we that should too. try that as well. <laughs> and the wife looks at him and goes, "Go ahead, okay, Steve, like, give it a shot. <laughs> good, hey, good luck out there." <laughs> and then he shops it around, and it turns out. He's not going to like his options. <laughs> Spoiler alert. That is Jonathan Taylor here. That's Sorry, tough. dude. You couldn't be picking a worse time for this. I get it. Everybody is crying for running backs and to a degree, I think that there's some unfairness to it. Do I for sure. like it? No. Do I wish that there was maybe even some solution where guys got paid a little bit more and at least bonuses or something when they first came in the league? I, I don't know what the solution is for this. The market is the market. Yeah. yeah. As John Angelos would say, this is economics 101. All right? <laughs> I, quoting John, John Angelos. Angelos. Say right here. Like, I, I've already kind of touched on the running back thing, but fans are smart, and it's kind of like goalies in hockey right now where you can convince your fans, hey, we're going to take a couple of lottery tickets and shoot on that rather than have a star player who's over the age of 25, 26. It used to be 30, right? Like It was like, oh, you had a running back until 30. Now it's just any type of contract that takes guys through their late 20s. Yeah. You're terrified of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so... As soon as they hit like 26, 27. And there's just been too many examples recently of just like the Zeeks and man, CJ2K was another one for you guys, Austin, where it was just, you know, one day he was CJ2K. The next day it was just completely over and he didn't hit 30. Todd Gurley's contract. Just go down down the line. How many running backs have gotten big contracts that you feel awesome about? Derrick Henry. Yeah. Who else? 
Is there anybody that's been recent? The Le'Veon Bell thing. Remember how that went? It's just DeMarco Murray before that, right? Dude, yeah. it's too many examples. Man, I forgot about DeMarco Murray. I actually, I DeMarco forgot Murray. to send you this clip. Austin, I was watching highlights of Eddie George yesterday. Your boy. You guys have had such sick running backs. Eddie I know. I, and the, the highlight reel of Eddie George, just how fearless he was for yeah. contact and just nasty. I don't want to say forgotten because this is just what happens. Time passes and you don't remember. Yeah, yeah. It, it just... Like, but he was also overshadowed. Like he played in the era of Emmett no, Smith. No, dude, he was like, badass. Was he was just back. so badass. There's mm-hmm. just a, it starts with a clip too of Ray Lewis going, "I'm g- gonna miss looking in the eyes of Eddie George across from me," and I was like, "That's cool." If Ray Lewis, you're his guy that he loved lining up against, yeah. that says something. That's a damn cool quote to have. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, he's gonna shop himself around. Yep. Go through the teams that are going to be willing to sacrifice an asset. A first or multiple picks. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is so insulting. Again, this is so insulting because they're going to say, go out there. You and your agent talk. Hey, talk to anybody you want. No team is going to even offer the first. No, 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 oh, no shot. team is even going to offer no. the first so that you're saying, Hey, we want the first and we want the big bag of money. Uh, good luck. Who is that team? So let's just run through. Let's just run through some of the teams, some of the contenders. Patriots, we know that that would never happen. Okay. And they just got Zeke. Yep. Yeah. Jets, they just signed Alvin Cook. Dolphins, yep. no. Uh, Bills, we already know. Not going to happen. They're already in basically salary cap hell. They're not right. giving up yeah. a first for... He would be sick on the Dolphins, yeah. but no. it's not going to happen. <laughs> not going to happen. Broncos, no. Chiefs, absolutely not. Again, Chiefs just proving over and over and over again that they can find guys like Isaiah Pacheco. They've already done yeah. this exact thing. Yeah. Raiders, already in a contract dispute with their guy. Chargers already in a contract dispute with their guys. <laughs> That's half the league. <laughs> right. Bengals just got Joe Mixon to agree to a reduced salary because they were going to cut him. And guess why? Joe Mixon agreed to that. It's because he knew that he wasn't going to get that money mm-hmm. out on the market. Browns, Nick Chubb. Steelers have a first round running back that's already on the cusp of potentially losing his job in yeah. a very competitive group at camp. Yeah. Jags, they just drafted a rookie who everybody loves at camp. I think yeah. his name's Tank Bigsby. Tank Bigsby. And yeah. ETN came off like a great yeah. first year. Like, yeah. no. Yeah. You got ETN as well. Uh-huh. I think we can rule out the Tennessee Titans. Hey, Austin. I think that the Titans. <laughs> I would hope so. Yeah. I think... uh, we need someone to catch the ball. I think that Derek Henry and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Double back. That would be an awesome little. <laughs> Honestly, play Wildcat. Like, do a little triple option. I don't yeah, like this. back there. Saquon. Yeah. Eagles. Set. Commanders. No shot. Like, where's the team? Niners, McCaffrey, Seahawks, 18 running backs taken in the top (laughs) two rounds. Bears set, Lions set, Packers set. Vikings, all right, you're going to give up a first round pick of the Vikings and go in on Jonathan Taylor right after you just let Dalvin Cook walk and you just just had this exact experience with a running back? No. Falcons, first round pick at, at running back. Saints, two running backs of real note. Mm-hmm. Bucks out. Panthers, too young, not giving up a first round pick, no. period. Like, not even considering no it. Shot. Like, to, to be honest, the only team when I look around and see, there's one spot. Mm. The Bills. No. Oh. The Bills, because again, the Bills are already capped out. They they're not are, giving, yeah. they're not, they're, guess what the Bills are not doing? As Stephon Diggs is pissed off at camp, <laughs> trading for a running back and, him a new and then giving him a brand spanking new contract that's 15 plus million dollars a season. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do you know who the dumb team would be? Jerry. Oh. <laughs> How about them Cowboys? Yeah. <laughs> when I looked through it, I went, huh. They did let Zeke go. Tony Pollard hurt. <laughs> 
I, he's the kind of splashy player that they would go, we want to we wanna run the football. We feel as though Dak. Big back. Dak needs. Uh, yeah, big back. We, we, we missed the physical presence of Zeke. We're not didn't little brothers think anymore. that Zeke was going to go back there? So anyway, it's just not, not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But they do have that history of Jerry Jones jumping in there and going like, what do you want for Roy Jones? First, I got you. I got, I got you. I got you. <laughs> what do you want for Amari Cooper? Don't worry about it. Don't worry. Jerry has got you. So Zeke, could, you want how much for how long? Yeah, and then he's like, don't worry about that. I got money. We'll figure that out. We'll figure that out down the line. We'll figure, we'll figure that, that out. out. We'll figure that out down the line, Jonathan. So I, actually, you know what? Not zero percent chance. Basically, this guy's only hope in hell is yeah, Jerry. 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 Mr. Jones. Thank you, Mr. Jones. <laughs> that is his only chance. Yeah. So I, I don't see it. And again, the I, I was kind of thinking a little bit of hey, if Washington wanted to make a splash, but no, they also you know Brian Robinson Jr. Antonio Gibson. Tony Gibson's a guy. Yeah, like. And same cool. same thing where you go, are you guys going to pay a running back when Sam Howell is it's your quarterback? quarterback? Like yeah. it just it's 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 hard to see it. So yeah, how about them Cowboys? That would be the question that the agent should one be question, asking. Yeah, one question. Have been my question. question. <laughs> how about them Cowboys? It's just sad. It's just sad that all these guys are sad. Yeah. Anyway, what's next? Um, Russia's first lunar mission in 47 years was mm-hmm. a huge failure. Mm. Smashed into the moon. Uh, the uh, smashed into the moon. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, uh, Is the moon, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, four to six weeks. It'll be back. Yeah, the, I was gonna uh, say the like lead. <laughs> Russia blew up the moon. <laughs> like, oh, Seems like something they might dude. do. The water's a little high today. <laughs> yeah, Russia, not the not a lot. The uh, I can't believe Russia's focusing on this right I now. I know, I know. It seems weird. I like, like I thought I thought we were past timing. the moon, but uh, the <laughs> first uh, the like, lead comrade, here. We are in war. He's like, it's time to try moon landing. <laughs> you know where we haven't been in a minute? The uh, moon. Let's put let's put this on moon. <laughs> the uh, okay. the lead of this article is Russia's first moon mission in 47 years failed when its Luna 25 spacecraft spun out of control and crashed into the moon. So everybody's dead. Underscore. It was on. Man. underscoring okay, the post-Soviet God. decline of a once mighty space program. I was going to say, do you know what movie I think is actually the scariest movie I've seen last? Like, I love horror movies. Oh, um, um, you're there. Uh, yeah, but I can't remember what it's called. Simon. Nice. Uh, <gasps> Simon, this is, by the way, this is Simon's doing legitimately what I was just at my sister's forest school out and about mm. where she, she takes little kids, teaches them about nature. It's really cool. I enjoyed going out and seeing her work. All the kids, whenever she asks questions, and she'll be like, okay, why do we make sure that fire safety? And they're like, oh, oh, I know, I know, but I, I forgot. Know this, I know, but I forgot. The, the Sandy Bullock space yeah, movie. I know. I know you know. <laughs> Gravity? <laughs> Gravity, yes, damn correct. Jobo, young, fresh oh, mind, no. Simon. Mind polluted by endless hours of Ow. Love Island. I'm and so furious. dunked on. <laughs> I'm so furious. So terrifying movie. Horrible. So scary. Hate it. Yeah. Hate it. The idea of getting a lot like lost in space, that scene where she's floating away from the thing, awful. Horrifying. Oh, hate hated it. every minute of it. It was <laughs> disgusting. I, I was terrified the entire hated time. It. I it's just awful. Yes. Dude, it's it's the combination of yeah, everything. Oh, Darkness, God. claustrophobia, endless. It's a weird mixed space because you're like, you're in this little tiny thing. But then you're also in the vastness of space. So it's like you're combining infinite darkness oh. and the unknown, along with just being completely claustrophobic. Oh. It's an ultimate tag team yeah. of fears. What, I, I was watching that movie, like, and it wasn't no. in theaters, but it was on TV with, with my wife and yeah. a couple of buddies, and I was just sweating profusely. Yeah. I, I think I'd have to get, oh. 
I don't even, I don't even, honestly, I don't think that there's an amount of money that I could get sent to go or that I could be given to go to space. No, I'm good. My two big fears yeah. are like drifting away in space, horrifying, <laughs> and then the deep right. sea. Reasonable fear. The deep sea. You know, like, yeah. the, you know, when every yeah, now and then, yeah. like, something pops up on Twitter, it's like, oh, this thing yeah. washed up on shore and it's like see through and has yeah. three eyes and a light no, on I'm its chicken. head I'm and a, giant. Yeah. Like, I don't want any of that. Okay. And the fact that we know you less about, about the bottom of the ocean than we do about the surface of the moon, I am out. Yeah. Simon, I what, what was that? What was the mic drop there? Yeah. I don't think you have to worry about the Mariana. Simon's like, I am out. I was like, who's forcing you? It's all just who's scary. Is all I'm go? saying. It's like, yeah, it's it's totally scary. Anyway, and I'm just the, sharing my fears with the boys. Gra- gravity is terrifying, so I'm glad that no one had to have that death. That I, I can't imagine just like beep 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 beep, and oh, you spe- he's like, God, oh yeah. yeah, exactly. See, everybody's getting the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> everybody's getting the heebie-jeebies. Um, the question was. Oh yeah, the question the question I originally had for this before I launched into my deep fears yeah. was uh <laughs> psychological <so> break. <laughs> yeah. It's uh you know, it's as it said, like the once proud Russian space program now looking like a disaster. What's something that like you used to be good at, mm. haven't tried in a hot minute and are pretty sure you've just lost the touch at? Well, basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, come on, couple couple jumpers, couple warm up Jays. I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm just telling you that it came to mind immediately. Like <laughs> I obviously I used to play a ton of ball. I think that it was well, I know was the sport I was best at. And decent player. Mm-hmm. Decent to good. And now when the pandemic hit, really stopped playing. I think I've gone to maybe like a couple of runs since then. It's been all right. But you just you feel your age in hoops really quickly like especially when you're around the court and there's dudes and and you go what are you 16 and they're like i'm 23 and you're like (laughs) you know oh boy yeah that makes more sense and just i i think that the difficulty for me was seeing guys who i know i'm better than be able to like hang with me Mm. and you know just where it's all of a sudden a guy who's trash who i think is trash beats me to the bucket or you know, someone who I should just be able to score on like nonstop. I'm right. kind of having to work for it a little bit harder. Or when you beat a guy and like yeah. go up and then he recovers and blocks and you're like, Oh wow. Normally I would have been able to get that up and in. So I, I would say like a huge part of my life was playing basketball uh. and yeah, like I, I genuinely was playing from both my parents were basketball coaches. So I was mm-hmm. playing from uh, like childhood, childhood, childhood. I was the first kid that played basketball and was known for it, you know, like I was, I'm, uh, I was basically raised playing basketball. Mm, I was right. throwing behind the back dimes, dribbling between my legs when I was like six years old, seven years old, <laughs> no joke. Um, so yeah, I'm afraid I'm like, I'm actually getting better now at trying things that I suck at and accepting that I'm just going to suck. Whereas when I was like younger, yeah, I'm terrible at that. I was, I was re- horrifically yeah. bad at that. Horrifically bad. Now I'm getting better. Cause now I go, yeah, no one has an expectation of me. I'm just trash. So I'll just show mm-hmm. up here and kind of be trash. And then I'll start to get a little competitive at some of those things that I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm picking this up pretty quick. I'm a, I'm pretty quick learner still, even though I'm an old man whose neuroplasticity <laughs> is starting to wane, but it's the stuff that I was like really good at like basketball where I just don't enjoy being just okay. Yeah. 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 You no, know, I don't like showing up at a run and being like, Oh yeah, this guy's fine, but he's not one of the best guys here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That hurts me. That hurts my soul. So that I meanwhile have got over that. Cause I, that, that I yeah. passed that a long time ago and have just fully morphed into the, 
like dad ball version of a pickup guy. Yeah. I'm going to. You're tall, though. You're 6'5". So I'm going to, like, throw those backdoor passes over yeah. guys on backdoor big cuts. Difference. Guy, guy makes a move. I'm going to hit him. I'm going to yeah. set some pretty solid screens. Yeah. And I'm just going to go out there but and kind of mix it up But everybody likes playing with that guy. Exactly. I'm a volume just... shooter who needs the ball in his hand the entire time. <laughs> Like JD no. Jordan Poole Bunkus. Yeah, no, for real. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. And I definitely don't want to play defense and I'm definitely a bit of a dirty player. <laughs> so yeah, you can do the math here. Anyway, what's next? So I like uh, picturing this question to Joe. It's like, he's like, uh, Roblox. <laughs> <laughs> I actually never played Roblox. I never played it. I was, I was a hey, Minecraft. Yeah. Guy Minecraft. Was, was that was great. And now I've, gone I will say though, I have not gotten good at accepting yeah. that I'm bad at something and then just oh, continuing yeah. to have fun with it. Like I contemplate retiring no, no, from second. golf every single, no, 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 that's that, <laughs> I, that I totally get. I yeah. don't like being, I'm not saying I like being bad at stuff. I'm just saying I'm not as afraid anymore yeah. of going into something. Whereas when you're younger, I think you expect, I'm going to show up at this and you have this weird delusion. It's the Dunning-Kruger effect where you're like, I'm going to be I'm gonna be awesome at this. So good at yeah. this. Mm-hmm. This might be my calling. Yeah. This might be the thing that you have these weird, I, I've had weird fantasies about stuff where I'm like, I wonder if I go to this rock climbing event and I'm just the I'm just like, gonna best up they've the ever wall. seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be like leaping up yeah, and like yeah. one hand grabbing yeah. the, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. they're like, holy crap, man. <laughs> Are you free solo? Yeah. <laughs> and I go, You're a natural. Actually, yes, I am. Sorry, I was lying this whole time. <laughs> I mean, why do you get three rocks up yeah. and you're like, uh, Dude, my arm's falling out of my the, socket? <laughs> yeah. The, and you just delude yourself. Like, yeah. again, curling, similar thing for me, where I went, uh, Curling and is one, hard. I know one old lady goes, You're pretty good. You've got nice form. I'm like, Haha, Yeah, I know. I'd probably be the best at this like two weeks from now. Be pretty damn good. I'm getting removed from that. Yeah. Mm. Well, I'm just trying to do new stuff, and I I, I view that as more invigorating because I go, hey, I'm trying something new. I'm challenging myself, but also I'm not expecting myself to be amazing. The delusions of me, be, the delusions of grandeur, are starting to go away. Right. I no longer think I'm going to show up at something new and be amazing at it. There's some stuff like I'm never going to want to do, and I just like have zero interest in it. And now as I'm getting older, I I'm like even more staunch in my position. Mm. Like I hate roller coasters. I'm a roller coaster chicken. And, you know, I agree. people have asked me, like, well. hey, do you want to go to the X? Do you want to do some rides? And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm comfortable <laughs> saying now I do not like rides. I've tried rides for 30-plus years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm out. Okay. Mid-30s, you can comfortably say, like, no, nah, I'm yeah. good now. Yeah, I'm I have that thing it. with new fashion. I've I'm tried just like, no, nah, I like know what I'm going to wear now until yeah. I'm dead, probably. <laughs> I, 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 just, I just get called a coward. <laughs> Yeah, but you're too young to not do roller coasters. Yeah, you I'm should sorry. try, hey, I try I it. Hate mix in a roller coaster. Yeah, no, you know why? It's because I get motion sickness. Oh, uh, I get like a couple minutes in, and I'm like, I gotta yak. Would you go skydiving? No, zero percent. No chance. I think I'd go skydiving. Yeah, I went skydiving for the first time this summer. It was yeah, awesome. That's cool. Way to do that. Thank no you. chance. That's that pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you actually did. It. You did it this yeah, summer. I did it this summer. Yeah, because here's the thing. Even it's just like the reward of me doing that and being out of the plane with the guy, and like I, I wouldn't. The, the reward for me would literally be how I felt when I would touch ground and I would probably be like all knees shaking, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. like crying, being like, oh, I can't believe I do that. But no, I, would, I just know that when I'd be the whole everything about it, it would just be extreme dread. I was surprised right? like at the how... night before, the yeah, driving yeah, yeah. to, the getting on the, the plane. The worst part is wait, like, yeah. uh, we waited for like an hour before getting on, oh, or I... more than that, like two hours before getting on the plane. No. I was surprised at how unscared I was. No, no, no. But no. I was disappointed at, when I got the pictures afterwards, at how not cool I looked. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. Shocked. In my head, I was like, man, I'm going to go- look like I'm on the cover Tom of like Cruise. an extreme sports magazine, yeah. like doing the hang 10 thing, yeah, like no. going down. I looked like an idiot. No. 
Yeah, you're not cool. <laughs> What's next? Yet another reminder. All right, so last night there was a post floating around. Uh, somebody posted on the NBA Facebook page. I uh, said, how do I log out of this? Haven't worked here in weeks. Anyway, the NBA overextends its social media employees greatly to the detriment of their health and social lives for a salary of less than 50K annually after taxes. This person said they worked 14-hour yeah, shifts yeah. without breaks. Oh, my uh, don't get health insurance till 90 days, et cetera, et cetera. Without breaks, you're on your phone. And then, yeah, the, the, the <laughs> yeah, post was deleted breaks. pretty yeah, shortly after. Breaks. But what was your first reaction to reading that post? And You know what my first reaction was? <laughs> I can already picture what your first reaction was. They make 50K? Oh, my God. After taxes. The f*** up. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Like, Why? Why'd you do that? Because you gotta believe. You can believe it. You're my little. I can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you will. <laughs> I knew that was gonna be your reaction. Uh, when I was putting it, out, I was like, JD is no, going to rip mind. this. What are you talking? This is so. I'll like. Yeah, anyway, I it, it just, sums up on the current generation in a lot of it senses. Really you work a fourteen hour day on dude, your phone. Grow. Dude, I'll oh, never forget. Man. I'll never forget. Like literally two weeks into this job, Jobo comes up to me, he's like, Do you think I'm getting enough money? I was like, Huh? Did I? <laughs> yeah, I you remember, called me. I you do like, remember some similar yeah, conversations, like, JD. You're like, you know, I got off. Oh, that, that yeah. was after they, like, they gave oh, me you know, the other I job. Just, yeah, he's like, Hey, just wanna make sure I'm not being taken advantage of. I was like, you are you're getting paid to work at sports. You're buddy. getting paid to be an intern. Like, and you're, and handsomely, like I told him, I was like, Hey, you want some perspective? Go around and look at your colleagues uh, or your classmates. Sorry. And ask them what they're doing and what their compensation See, I, is. I hadn't done that to which, uh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> I hadn't done that. But this is what I'm saying about kind of your generation is that it's like the entitlement is very, very different. And okay. So uh, let me just speak on this in general. I actually hate the whole pay your dues culture thing, but I like it in the sense of, you should want something you should want something badly enough that you're willing to sacrifice for it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think that most good things come with hard work and sacrifice. Like I'm a believer of those things. But I don't think you should struggle just for the case of struggle. And I don't like old media heads who yeah, that's, just yes. that are like, I did it, so you should have that's to do right. it too. It's like that punitive element of work is yeah. lame to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you show something, and Joe, to your credit, you have like Jobo right away was a guy who was like, nope, Joe has something like we want this guy around. And that's why I made sure like you got paid. You were part of our team that you got other opportunities that I've always looked out for you, making sure that everything was going to happen because you've made your own luck. Right. This is true. This is not something yes. that like, you know, other people have been given the same opportunities. You you're still here. Like that's how this is working out at a young age. Don't like the punitive stuff, but you absolutely need to work your ass off to know. And I always tell people like work, you know, find out what is on your own an opportunity versus being taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. And so many people now that I'm finding anyways, and some of this is anecdotal, but some of this I do think is true is like, (sighs) there are some bad parts of a lot of different work cultures. You can go through them top to bottom, but I do think that people now are going into them a little bit differently where they don't put their head down and just be like, yo, let me find out about this for a little while and then start to make complaints. They'll start doing something right away and start making complaints. And this person to be like, I worked 14 hours doing social media. I'll I'll tell you this. I used to date a girl who did social media Mm -hmm. and it's a pretty tough job. Like there it's, it's harder than you think. It, it, For sure. It's very public. Yep. You know, like everybody's scrutinizing what you're doing. Everybody thinks you can do it. You have to be creative. You have to find the voice of the account. You have to find things that are not going to piss off your bosses or be the people very that consistent, organized. Do. Yeah. You got to be organized. You got to be prof- prolific and proficient in a lot of different softwares. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's a tough job, but 
I never hung out with her, and she was like, I haven't had a break in 14 hours. She's mostly just chilling and waiting on an email and waiting to post something and then figuring out how to do it and then kind of workshopping off it. She did a great job. Mm-hmm. She still does a great job. But no, like, this is this is nuts. Also, usually, usually, if they're working for a team like this, it's kind of an entry-level position. Teams ain't going out and saying, hey, you've done social media for... Barack Obama? <laughs> How would you feel about coming and working for the NBA page? Like, this is a fairly entry-level job that is supposed to be a stepping stone. So the idea of you getting 50 grand U.S. as an entry-level position to After work taxes doing too. tweets, like, this just shows you a complete lack of perspective that people have. And so all I would say is, to anybody listening to this that gives a crap, I'm not just trying to crap on young people, even though mm-hmm. it is so fun to do. <laughs> <Duh>. We know. <laughs> yeah. Even though it is so fun to just crap on the youths, I would just say that if there is a younger person that's listening to this podcast, like, yo, just shut up for a while. Shut up, take some stuff in, find out the things that actually really bother you, and then be thoughtful about your approach when Mm -hmm. it comes to the things that bother you. Ask yourself if they're deal breakers or ask yourself if they're people that you can communicate with to try to improve the position that you're in. Mm -hmm. And if you don't think so, don't stay at an organization too long. But you know what else you shouldn't do is firebomb your way out of it because you're not going to benefit from doing it. It might feel really good for a split second, but you yeah, burned this, person's all the now, this person's now a national news story and like no employer is ever going to look at them and mm-hmm. feel as though, Hey, I can trust this person. I think what they posted that like their own PR or yes, something like that. They, they're trying they, to, they posted a link to their own consulting business. Sure. Best of luck to them. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that these big organizations can't be bad. Everyone's like, you know that, or it's not hard to work in these bigger organizations. Right. But man, like, have some, some, some thoughtfulness. Stop being so reactionary. Stop getting so bogged down in what you don't have and start looking at the fact that you do have something. You're working at the NBA doing social media. Like yeah. You're doing, you're getting enough reps that you're working a ton of hours. They want you to be working a ton of hours. Mm-hmm. They clearly you trust you to work you a ton of hours. You can be like out doing other things and you're making 50K plus US. Like you said, after taxes? Yes. Like That's what the post says. Yeah. I, I think you should chill out. I think 50K. that you should check, yeah, I, I, I think you should check out what the rest of the world is dealing with right now and, and try to get your perspective in Good order. Good luck making 50K again, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Just go right for the wages. I love how he said it where he's like, yeah. <laughs> he's like yeah. taking a shot at him directly. Anyway, uh, so yes, pay your dues culture. Good for, to an extent, bad when it's punitive, good to gain perspective and to understand when is being taken advantage of in a job. And the Jobos of the world who are like, am I being taken advantage of right now with my brand new job? I also hated this post. This post was terrible. You were two weeks in. Young. You called, can I talk to you on the phone? And by the way, he missed a day sick. This was two weeks into the job. He missed a day oh, sick yeah, where he never bad. even told me that he was sick. He was just like, oh, I told someone else. This is bad. Like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> He's like, I like, should I be compensated? I was delirious. More? I woke up uh, the next morning. I was like, oh, you're, boy. You're literally taking time to train me, and I have no functionality <laughs> to this show but should I be paid more to sit in this chair? And <laughs> I was stare a body in the work? studio yeah. at that point who gave one bet a day. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Um, all right. One more thing. Let's go. One more thing. So Dylan Dennis is fighting Logan Paul on October 14th on. No, he's not. Well, he's boxing him. No, he's not. Dylan Dennis will not fight. Oh, oh that, that's what you're getting at, right? He will not fight. He's this not going to fight. This is, I, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm bringing this up now because we are now in the zone of, I would like to say officially announced, we are completely out of the Dylan Dennis business in the, on this program. Um, what he's doing is complete scumbag behavior with yeah. the posting of, uh, do you think I'm a Logan Paul or a Jake Paul guy? Seem like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Strike me as one. I do not care. Um, 
Unless they were going to box each other at this point, I don't think that there's something that would move the needle for me with the Paul brothers. Mm. Um, I do like that, though. Yeah. Oh, uh, I think they will eventually. I, would, I guess I would watch Conor McGregor if he fought one of them because I would want to see how, like, I'm just so invested in Conor and the trash right. talking would be kind of funny or whatever. Um, but it would also be sad and I don't like it. I'm, I'm out on the Pauls in terms of the boxing stuff. I don't care. Dylan Dennis is not a boxer. He can't box. He's not going to be able to beat Jake Paul or Logan Paul. No, no chant. No. no shot. And if it, that, and Dylan Dennis knows this, and he loves to keep his name in the media by doing stunts like this. Dil- Dylan Dennis hasn't fought in forever. He's no. a complete non-entity in the fighting world. He had like a once semi-promising jiu-jitsu career, which evaporated immediately. He is, um, yeah, he's a professional internet troll. Yeah, he and, comments on every single post ever. Yeah, and so I, I think I'm just at the point where it's like, hey, um, I don't care anymore. This was cute for a minute. This was kind of funny when Ariel Hawani was dunking all over him and just uh, dis- mm-hmm. eviscerating him and getting what Ariel calls 10 sevens or 10 eight Hawani rounds against Dylan Downis. But yeah, yeah it's just it's done. It's done. And I, I just think it's kind of abhorrent behavior to be doing that. I, I'm not like uneasily sense i'm not a sensitive person i think the paul brothers are in the entertainment business in this way where they're kind of in the mud so right. this is kind of a byproduct but even this feels like a little dark and gross when he's the, talking about i have a tape or whatever or yeah, a picture the, of your wife this whole seg is nasty for, for people who don't where he's know like, i could go to jail he's basically insinuating that he has revenge porn and you're like yeah that's, that's illegal yeah so it's like anyway um yeah, I, I'm I'm just completely out on Dylan Dennis. I, I used to think it was kind of funny, and now I'm just like, this is so sad. And again, he's 100% going to pull out of this fight. He was supposed to fight one of the other guys. Like, mm-hmm. He was supposed to have a boxing match against KSI, KSI or something yeah, like that. He pulled out. It's like, there's no shot he's going to fight Paul. Like, it's just not going to happen. He's so. going to get whooped. Yeah, yeah. No, he's not. Well, he's not, because he's not going to fight him. Uh, true. Good point. He's not going to fight him. By the way, I saw the Raptors story just quickly. I mm-hmm. I don't know enough about it. It seems like if what the Knicks are alleging is true, which is that yeah, the Raptors ripped off a ton of files knowingly of the Knicks scouting reports mm-hmm. and their synergy data that, yeah, I, 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 my only thought on this is it'll be impossible to really prove complicity up the ladder. I don't think that will happen, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to just, yeah, I, I, I don't think that's going to go down. But if this is true, I have a hard time not thinking that the Raptors are going to be punished pretty severely when it comes to, yeah, potentially draft compensation and mm-hmm. a fine. Yeah. Which is, that's pretty scary stuff. So this is definitely something to monitor because this wasn't like, I at first I saw the story, I was like, what is this? And I started to read a little bit more about it. And I was like, ooh, this is actually, yeah, this is like heavily guarded proprietary information. And if you remember, the only thing that I could kind of equate it to was the Astros. Yeah. Mm, yeah. The Astros did this, and look at what happened to the Astros, right? <laughs> so, yeah, people lost jobs. Yeah. So this is a serious thing to monitor. Anyway, all right. Uh, that's it for today. Yeah, that's it for today. That's it for today. I think we're good. We hit yeah, a lot I think of stuff. that's it for today. Yeah, we've hit a lot of is stuff. Is that it for today? Yeah, that's it for today. Yeah. All right. Thanks to all the fellas for the good work today. Good hey. questions, Joe. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah, good it. Good questions by you. Yes. <laughs> good job, Joe. Good job, Joe. Happy to be here, boys. Happy to be uh, here. And yes, subscribe to the podcast. Hit me up anytime if you uh, want. If if you're gonna follow the bets, I'm gonna get back on posting best bets today. I was on a little vacation. All right. I was, I was like, tonight I'm gonna take a look. I, I'll tell you right now. It's summer. Give him a break. He's not yeah, take share, a vacation. Share the, the, share the bets, but I'll give you guys a little preview. I think I think I'm rolling with the Jays tonight. I got to do a little information, but I, I'm gonna think I'm gonna back. The Kikuchi dog, the, the Jays. Hey, your Kikuchi stock is. I think I'm. I'm going. I think I'm going full into yeah, Kikuchi. All right, see you then.